it helped me look at more positives, more um, seize the moment kind of thing, more mm. do something with what you got because mm. you really don't know what's coming. And 2020 was a big example of that. And uh, yeah. ref- self-reflection, connecting with people, reconnecting with friends. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Knowing Me, Knowing You with Paula. And you guessed right, I am Paula, your host, all the way on the west coast of Canada. Welcome back to my returning listeners, and welcome to any new listeners. One of the reasons why I started this podcast is to connect us to people from all walks of life, to learn more about ourselves and each other, to hear stories from faraway places, to learn about lessons learned, to gain insight into another's footsteps on this journey we call life. I am excited to introduce my guest, who is by night a food blogger, meal and recipe content creator. And by day, well, you will have to continue listening in to learn more. Vasim is a Jordanian-born Palestinian, and he is going to take us on a storytelling journey all about his cultural roots, food, becoming vegan, the inspiration behind the meals, delicious easy meals, and so much more. Wasim's connection details are in the show notes as clickable links, and I am excited to share our conversation with you all. Enjoy. Wasim, thank you so much for being here. I feel blessed to have you as my guest. And thank you for being open to sharing more about you with the world. Thank you. Hi, Paula. I'm, I'm really glad to be here. And thank you for inviting me to your uh, beautiful space. And hello to your wonderful audience. We connected through a mutual friend, but we also connected through social media. And I actually think we possibly would have never met if it wasn't for social media. It's incredible. It's one of those joys that you can look at social media and be like, there is something good happening in terms of connecting people and on a good level too, like not just a social media fun level. (laughs) Now, a while back on your social media feed, demeals.ca, you shared a post introducing yourself to followers. Let's start there, right at the beginning. Please share briefly with listeners, who is Wasim? Yes. So, hi, my name is Wasim. I'm a Jordanian-born Palestinian, but I have a Syrian string from my mother's side. So um, my belated grandmother is Syrian and um, I've lived in Jordan for almost half of my life. Yeah. And um, so I was raised in Jordan, but when I moved to Canada, um, I was only about 13 years old. While for me, it was kind of the ideal age, I like to say, and that's because um, I was already raised in Jordan, so I already have that cultural background, that tradition, that things that I grew up doing, um, foods that I ate, and all kinds of things. And then when I moved here, I got all kinds of building my own mentality and peacefulness and mindfulness and all that kind of stuff. So different experiences, but both create who I am, I guess. Yeah, have added to who you are today, right? For the first 13 years of your life, you lived in Jordan. Yes. Very different lifestyle to Canada, right? (laughs) It is. (laughs) What was your first winter like in Canada? (laughs) It's funny. It's almost the first question I get asked every time I meet somebody (laughs) new here. That's like, oh, it doesn't snow back home, does it? But the the truth is it does actually. And there has been snow and the weather here is a lot different than uh, when it comes to winter. But it was, um, let's just say it was a shock at first to see how people can operate when there's that much snow. That was my first, <laughs> how, how are people getting out of their houses and going for a drive or even walks? I've seen people mm-hmm. go for walks and run in the beginning. It was a, it was a, it was a, yeah, it was a mind blowing moment. Obviously there's a lot of cultural differences in how we grew up back home and um, the schools and the way that you build your friendships and, and, and the like. Um, than here, of course, yeah. Yeah, and when we first met, you shared all about your story of being a 13-year-old, an immigrant for the first time, 
And I resonated with your story because I was also an immigrant at the same age as yourself. And everything that you shared about your friends, uh, similar, you know, very similar to your thought process and experience. And um, it took me on a reflection journey to a time in my life. Now, English is not your first language. How did this affect your transition as a young person coming to an English-speaking country? So that's probably the second question I get asked after the weather. And it's mo- <laughs> it's mostly for um, to be like, okay, well, you grew up in a country that generally speaks Arabic. But yes. what I what I tend to find that people don't know about is that we actually learn English from a very young age. And we learn grammar and vocabulary and everything like but when we move here there are obviously different cultural slangs or the way you put words that are different than what I know um and that was difficult um to to pick up on what people were saying sometimes or or to um to even you know communicate what I actually want to communicate in the sense that you know when you're with your friends there are certain ways you speak with that's what honestly was missing the most when I first moved is my my friends back home and being being like being able to express myself in a in just how I speak in yes. in back home the language the the terms that I'm using yeah. than here <laughs> um, but you know you learn you grow and you obviously meet people here that are speaking your way too whether or not it was from the same culture country you you learn and you adapt my mom and my dad moved here when we first moved here and all migrated but um, after a few years, my father went back and my mom also went back. Actually, my father went back earlier, but we stayed, we stayed, me and my older brother and my younger brother. Um, yeah. So it's like, a, yeah, it's a, it's a different experience than the regular experience you get from being back home with, with your family and your parents, for sure. Also, university years were, thankfully, I'm blessed. My mom was here at the time, so it was a lot easier for me and my brother to go through with our education and not feel as, you know, pressured or um, trying to catch up on cooking our meals sometimes, which obviously <laughs> was difficult. And uh, you're settled in Halifax. Is there anywhere else in Canada that you would like to visit? Or have you been able to visit any other cities or provinces in Canada? <laughs> so let me just say I love Halifax. It's one of the places, I mean, I'm not a I'm not a world traveler, but I have traveled to a few places, and nothing to me is like Halifax because it's a peaceful place of its own that you can get to the noise if you want to, but then you can also stay within your own um, space. But I have thought about and uh, wanted to go to Toronto and also Vancouver. Well, I know from. Watching you on social media, you do love nature. And I think you would love Vancouver. It's a beautiful city, steps away from nature, relaxed environment, very different to Toronto. I lived in Toronto for four and a half or five and a half years, and it's a business city, vibrant day and night uh, life, both so different, but both worth visiting. Well, seem 13 years later, you seem very settled. You have created a space for yourself here in. Canada, have you been able to connect or create your community with other immigrants, Canadians, and people of similar cultural background as yourself? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there is lots of people, and the more years I spent, the more it grew, and the more you meet people that are connected to the community and wanting to be part of it and uh, help out in any way, or even just bring out our tradition, our culture, or bring out our meals. So I'm going to be talking a lot about food. So it's all about food for me. And <laughs> that's um, perfect. <laughs> with with my uh, with uh, some of my university years, we wanted to, whenever somebody would cook something, we'd bring somebody a bite to try or something. Or sometimes that would lead to, hey, let's go cook somewhere at somebody's house and try to bring those cultural dishes that we grew up with. Nice. Um and that for me is the start of like, you know, being in, the, in a community that, you know, makes it feel at home. It starts with food um, for me. And obviously there's a lot more to it than just food, but being in school and meeting people and then going out and social media is a great one <laughs> um, in terms of connecting with people on there for sure. 
Yeah, and that's we're we're a pure example of that because we connected through social media. Now you have your Instagram page and your website. Maybe you can share briefly with listeners where they can connect with you and a little bit around your website, how that came into fruition. So the idea or what I came up with was something called the meals, which is delicious, easy meals. And uh, you can find me on social media with that, the meals, but the meals.ca um, and also my website, the uh, meals.ca. There's always so much to talk about when it comes to food and uh, not like stories behind the food itself. For me, I wanted to make sure that whatever I wanted to do with my life has to do with helping people. And with that, I wanted to apply it to helping myself first. And I have this, I mean, I wanted to create this space where I can share how I make my own meals at home in a simple, easy way that, you know, you can bring a delicious dish at your table. The idea is just to help myself first and be able to share that with the people that would like to follow along and cook more at home uh, more often. Because that was something that was of a struggle to me at first is to keep up with that. And I'm not going to lie, sometimes it's still difficult now. Um, there are those days. But for the most part, what I wanted to do is to create something that would help people make something delicious and easy uh, on their table. And uh, yeah, so it's on social media, on, on Instagram and on the website, website. on uh, demeals.ca, yes. And so before we share more about delicious, easy meals and demeals, by night you are a food blogger and vegan and plant-based meal content creator. And by day, you're an accountant. <laughs> yes, sometimes. I stay, I stay in quotations, right? Your day job is an accountant. And now you have all this, this other persona, right? So what was the attraction to finance and accounting? Because you have a very creative spirit. Yeah, so I uh, I've always loved math. And it was a funny thing that obviously people made fun of me for. But um, I love math. And um, with that came interest of learning how to manage my own finances. And mm -hmm. that I have to thank my father for because he's taught me a lot about creating Excel sheets and budget sheets and all that stuff, which <laughs> kept me so, you know, as frustrated as that was, it was very helpful to get me organized to, you know, at least get a grasp on my finances. And um, besides the accounting aspect of it or the financing aspect of it, I wanted to do something with finance, um, investing in finance. So I, I went to school for um, to study business um, for commerce. And uh, my main thing that I took away from my first couple of years is, and it was how to understand how money works. I'm not talking about how to make money, like, you know, the investing crazy you know, Wall Street thing, but just how to understand money the worth, you know, what money is, is worth. So for me, I wanted to take that and just drive it up a notch for what I learned through, you know, my father's Excel sheets and all that stuff and see how I can apply it to get the other idea of finance, accounting and investing to experience for myself. And, mm -hmm. and uh, from there, I just uh, stuck with it. And, and I uh, graduated with a um, uh, uh, finance and management major, okay. double major in that because I had a lot of interest in business management, but hands-on. Mm -hmm. And that that goes back to my previous job before being an accountant, which is in the food industry. <laughs> um, <laughs> so say, which is, <laughs> is <laughs> it has to be food. Yeah. Um, no, I, uh, I, I worked at a fast food restaurant for almost five years and um, developed a lot of management skills that almost decided to make it my career. Then I didn't. <laughs> then I decided to stick to what I actually wanted to, you know, what, what I set out to do in the beginning, which is with my finances and, and accounting. Are you a goal setter? Do you spend time setting goals and reflecting where you are in your life and where you can improve and make changes? Yes, I do. I like setting goals. Um, 
I'm not very good at writing things down on pen and paper. <laughs> I I'm always shook by my handwriting. Every time I pick up the pen and I write, it's just disastrous. <laughs> but I do set goals on uh, using electronics <laughs> um, on my notes and and and, yeah. and such. Yes. Yeah, so me writing things down on my notes has helped me just look at my goals, not just to self-reflect, but also to take it in and be like, okay, so I have gotten this information. Now it's not about what we're to next, but how has that impacted me and create like shaped me to be who I am for my next challenge, next project or whatever it is. So although it's self-reflection, but it's more so as to not the next action plans, but what happened in that, in that moment yes, uh, in yes. time. Yes, for yes. sure. The meals started during COVID. It started actually on the you know, beginning of February of 2020. And it really, at that time, I, you know, it had nothing to do with us being home or trying to look into other interests or anything like that. Yeah. It actually came out of what I, uh, what had been happening at work, which is me preparing my meals at home, taking them to work, putting them in the microwave, and then my colleagues or my friends and, and other people, we, we, we are in like a big open area that like we share one big kitchen. Yeah. And yeah, so people would just visit the kitchen to be like, whose food is that? Or like, what, what's the smell? Or, <laughs> it smells like, so good. <laughs> I'm like right here. Oh, and I have to mention at the time, I was not, a, I was not plant-based. It was just okay. um, food that I was cooking that was, that I learned from home that uh, just yeah. pick up my lunch and not have to buy my lunch every time. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to start sharing how I do this at, you know, on somewhere so people can see it. And, and I still do share my food with my friends <laughs> and my colleagues, <laughs> you know, um, you yeah. provide the recipes now so they can make it themselves. <laughs> yes. But you know what? They, it, they come in handy for like recipe testers, right? They tell you like, if it's too mild to like write on or what's missing. And, um, yeah, it started that way and we started at work showing these recipes and then taking it on online, being at home during COVID. And from there, I realized I want to, you know, not just share what I'm cooking at home, but actually come up with ways to make it even more easier, more convenient for people, uh, whether or not it's to uh, like things like sharing the recipe, even the recipe itself being shared in a way to help people find it at their best not having to look for too many crazy ingredients or um, anything like that. I, I, not to say that I don't have complex recipes. Sometimes there are because that, that's part of the food that I grew up eating, though yeah. I do try to simplify it as much as possible. Yeah, and on your website, you have a free ebook available for download. So I highly recommend everyone visit demeals.ca to download the ebook. But what will listeners or followers discover in your ebook? Yeah. So um, first of all, the ebook started with a uh, during Earth Day. It was uh, an initiative that I wanted to take part of during on Earth Day. But the ebook was it's titled "Go Vegan for a Week." It's a free ebook. Um, you just go on the website and download it. You get twenty five recipes, so it's uh, five meals uh, for five days. I know the week is seven days, but yeah. with with those five meals, you can actually make and prep things throughout the week. Um, and the initiative came out of wanting to help people see that they can not necessarily shift or go vegan or be plant-based, but implement more plant-based dishes or plant-based variety dishes. And it comes from obviously, again, being uh, an easy way to do so and not overly complicated. And it, it's not to say that you have to download the book and go vegan for a week do whatever you want to do. You want to go for one meal, you know, just try it for lunch, yeah. um, make one day fully vegan, whatever it is. Yeah. But the idea is that it's doable and easy mm -hmm. and delicious. Being on uh, Earth Day, obviously with environmental crisis happening around us, um, it was uh, something that I wanted to raise awareness for and just mention that there are easy ways that we can take part of to help with the environment and that can be as easy as switching one meal or one day to just mm -hmm. go plant-based and yeah. at no expense of taste <laughs> which is yeah. still a bonus <laughs> yeah. 
And even although your ebook is filled with vegan and plant-based uh, recipes and, and a plant-based and, and vegan diet, you do share a lot of recipes that are linked back to your cultural roots, right? Yes. So uh, as part of what I want to do with food is to show that not only you just had like, not only, not only is vegan food just delicious and easy, but it can work with your own dishes that you grew up with. And for that, I wanted to veganize my favorite childhood dishes. So there are a few in there that are actually already vegan, but also, and not, not for any intention besides the fact that it's just vegan. Um, and then there are also ones that are meat-based that can be substituted um, with lots of things. And then when we talk about a vegan versus plant-based diet, can you share a little more around that philosophy? Yeah. I mean, when you're talking about a diet, it can be different from many aspects, but also um, from an environmental uh, aspect, it's also different. When we talk about the diet itself, being vegan is not consuming any animal product or byproducts. And not just from food, but also, you know, skincare, you know, your, your, your outfits, your, uh, your shoes or whatever it is. Yeah. So it goes, you know, that's being vegan, but also in being plant-based, it's focusing on just eating lots of plants and only plants, uh, more of a dietary, uh, lifestyle, let's say. However, there is obviously ethical reasons for being either plant-based or vegan. Um, and those that are trying to go vegan for the environment, I believe are going vegan for the environment for an amazing reason. And while doing so, they are implementing a plant-based diet, right? So you can have plant-based, but not be vegan. And then you can be vegan and you would have to be plant-based unless you're focusing on a whole food plant-based diet, which would be different than just a any vegan diet because you can have processed vegan diet, right? Or a junky food vegan diet. So uh, there are people who, you know, I mean, I, I know people who are vegan just for the sole purpose of the environment and not mm -hmm. for personal health reasons. And, yeah. you know, you yeah. do, but for me, when I first started, it honestly was something to do with my lifestyle, my health, my well-being, how I feel. And then obviously there were a lot of eye-opening moments throughout that that made me realize there is lots more reasons to go vegan uh, for, you know, for the environment and for, uh, for ethical reasons too. It was not a, it was not a sudden thing. It was actually planned for in a way. And that's because I, with 2020 starting off the way it started, um, I wanted to do something for me that would help me and focus on me while being, you know, distracted in the outside world. And one of those things was to challenge myself to, you know, make better decisions or improve my habits, build my habits, rebuild them, reshape them to improve my uh, health and well-being. And so with that, I wanted to do like 30-day challenges on, uh, um, you know, in my life. And it started even before the meal started. It, the first challenge that I took was just being caffeine-free and it was a fun one. Um, but <laughs> but the, uh, the second challenge was going vegan for 30 days. Yeah, because on your website, you do share about your 30-day challenge. Yeah, so I share a little bit about my... Uh, a 30 day challenge on my website, just uh, uh, how it started, what made me go for it. But there's also a more detailed uh, guide on my Instagram account for each of the challenge with um, summary, let's say, on each of the challenges to show the results, how they went, uh, things I learned, things that went wrong. Not every challenge was actually fully completed, not every challenge was successful, but uh, it was good to set a challenge for myself to guide my year to build better habits for myself. And and what better time than when we were in these rolling lockdowns? But it does sound like there have been some great 
things that have come out of COVID for you? Yes. I mean, thankfully, I'm blessed to first be in Halifax, which, you know, it was not, obviously, it was horrific, but was not as significant or as um, severe as it was Mm -hmm. elsewhere. It helped me look at more positives, more um, seize the moment kind of thing, more Mm -hmm. do something with what you got, because Mm -hmm. you really don't know what's coming. And 2020 was a big example of that. And uh, self-reflection, connecting with people, reconnecting with friends that everybody can relate to, I bet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And uh, being vegan is a new journey for you and plant-based. So do you have any tips for anyone who would want to start the same journey or are thinking of starting the same journey? Just Mm -hmm. keep it simple. And you don't have to do it overnight either. You don't have to make a full meal, like a full day full of meals that are vegan. Just start slow and see how you feel with each meal by replacing simple substitutes that you already probably eat, but don't implement in your regular diet. Mm. If you're going for ground beef in chilies, replace that and get lentils instead, but spice them up. Even substituting the heavy parts that are more animal-based, like the meat, while keeping the dairy for the first little while would be good. Then start cutting out your dairy, Mm -hmm. go into more uh, meat alternative. I personally didn't I didn't even try tofu when I, you know, before, before going plant-based and I, I, there's this place here in Halifax that I always get pad thai from and it has chicken and then it has tofu, but little pieces. And for the most part, I would always leave them aside. I didn't like them. I don't know why. When I first started going vegan, I obviously didn't have that much knowledge or inspiration to what to cook. And I had to rely on other people to help me do that, like other food bloggers, other recipe creators. And looking back at it, even now, right now, there are a lot of meals that I had in my childhood that typically would contain meat, but my mom would put it aside. Like it would, she would make it aside. So not for any reason besides that, you know, meat was just separated for, for people to put however much they want, the serving they want, if they want it. There had to be some sort of, preparation before Mm -hmm. going into a plant-based or vegan diet Um, and and expect expect to try different things and learn what you like and what you don't like like I said I didn't like tofu at first but learning from people who have been vegan for a while how to cook tofu how to get it to soak up the flavors was an important part of me staying on the on, on on the track right and tofu is now one of the, my favorite things because I make it into desserts, foods, like entrees, <laughs> all kinds of things. So so then how do you make tofu taste great? Okay. So spices, 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 but then texture is a big thing, right? Because you can get something to taste good, but not feel good when you're biting into it. Mm. And tofu was one of those things but my taste buds have changed for my brothers. They're not vegan. They're not plant-based. One of my brothers, most recently, I tried to veganize one of my traditional recipes. It's called msahan. It's a Palestinian uh, dish um, that is generally made with chicken, but I decided to go for tofu instead. And the reason why I decided to go for that is because the texture of how it would turn out to be at the end I had kind of felt like it would work the best with tofu because it would be it would soak up the flavors the way I prepared it. You can prepare tofu by just cubing it, but also by shredding it, which gives it that shredded chicken kind of texture. Oh, um, okay. Only if you give it the right amount of flavors, because yeah. um, you need both the flavor and the yeah. texture, of course. Yeah. One of the best tricks that I learned, and I actually learned this from a fellow blogger. Um, his name is Lloyd. It's from Plant Crazy. I have to give him a shout out, Plant Crazy with yeah. two eyes at the end. He taught me how to make tofu feel like chicken, like crispy chicken, like when you're eating like wings or whatever. Yeah. And that's by freezing it beforehand. Oh. So you freeze your tofu. You obviously um, first unpack it, drain it put it in the freezer, take it out and then freeze it, like thaw it and then freeze it again. 
Then when you thaw it the second time and you chop it up into little bites, you can make crunchy nuggets with the best texture inside. Like it's just, I've tried ah, his wings, okay. like the the, yeah. the tofu wings, yeah. and they were just so scrumptious. Like they were so good. So on your website, do you have a recipe that has that tofu in it? <laughs> I would highly recommend my most recent tofu one with the msakhan, the one that I, uh, the, the msakhan rolls that I made, the Palestinian dish that I created. So it, it's actually a very easy way to veganize it by using the tofu because you're just shredding it as opposed to broiling the chicken and taking all that flavor and time to, to soak it up. But um, that one is highly recommended. But I have to say my most popular and most favorite tofu recipe is lemon pepper tofu. And that's one of my oldest ones. They're perfect to just throw them, throw them in the oven. Like you cut them up um, after uh, pressing them, draining them, and then you season them with lemon pepper, cornstarch into the oven, and you can either turn it into a bowl, like a rice bowl, or just munch on them like popcorn. It's oh, delicious. Wow. <laughs> I'm starting to get hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, that leads me to ask, so you talk about spices, <clears throat> you know, that you like using. So what What are the common spices that you like to use in your dishes? Yeah. So when it comes to the flavor, I really like coriander and cumin, especially together. They give you like this hearty, cozy, earthy kind of thing, uh, kind, of, kind of flavor. But my favorite ingredient to use in foods that are uh, veganized is nutritional yeast. And that's not a very mm -hmm. common ingredient that people, I didn't even know it existed before going vegan, but this helps with the cheesiness and the like bit bitterness of the cheese that creates that saucy, rich, cheesy okay. flavor. <laughs> funny to say but soy sauce is also one of my favorites because i really like asian food but i also like miso glazed uh vegetables i like cooking with it but when you mix it with soy sauce and some apple cider vinegar and then toss it in a pan for whatever you want to glaze you can do it with cooked mushrooms tofu um in like so many aubrey anything like that's just gonna soak like that can soak up that liquid it turns out into a savory salty little bit of a sweet kick to um to it if it's white miso and something i did want to touch on is you share such incredible videos and content on your meal preparation and what the food looks like and uh yeah, it, uh, I mean, that's not an easy task to do. Yeah. No, it's not. But it's a fun, it's a fun, fun part of my day when I'm working on being behind the camera and creating something is, is just like yeah, my, my highlight of the day. And sometimes it's about, it's not about what the food is, but what the, what I want out of the food to tell to people. Mm -hmm. And um, so there are times where I create specific videos or specific content for how I was feeling and not necessarily, oh, this is like, this is how the meal is. So let me just show you how you cut up an onion. Right. Um, but also you gotta, you know, I, I like the entertaining part of it too. So I like taking that up on myself and be like, okay, how can I make this fun for me to watch? Yes. Cause if I'm, if it's not fun for me to watch, it won't be fun for you to watch. I mean, yeah. Not, not that you ha your taste would be like mine, but you, you know, yeah. it, it has to be something that represents me and, uh, yes. and, and I get on board with, <laughs> yes, <laughs> has to be, but also delicious. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so what I'm also wondering is what would be a common food or meal that would be shared at festivals or just common to your cultural roots? Yeah. So two come to mind, and one of them we already kind of spoke about, and that's the msakhan. Um, let me just give you a little bit of background about msakhan and what it is and how it's made. Um, so first of all, it's served on uh, taboon bread, which is like um, puffy, puffy, like a flatbread, Palestinian flatbread is what it is. And it's 
soaked in oil and a spice called sumac, which is a Palestinian spice. And, and the oil is olive oil, which is also Palestinian olive oil. And the way the recipe was actually created or why it was created is Palestinian farmers, which they farm and plant tons of uh, olive trees and make lots of olive oil. Mm -hmm. So one of the ways that they would test the quality of their oil is to make this dish. And that's how the dish came into play. They would try and, I mean, they would use it to uh, cook the chicken, cook the onion, which basically are the two main ingredients of the dish is just chicken and onion and then lots of spices with the bread. And if it would change color, the olive oil, then it would be bad quality. But if it would stay the same, it would retain its, its color, then it would be good quality. And this dish is one of the more traditional dishes to be served for special occasions, special celebrations, sometimes even in like morning um, events. It's just, um, it's just a close dish to the heart. But then the other one is also called metlube, which means, oh, sorry, before that, I'm sorry, I got to go back to msakhan. Yeah. The word msakhan, I never, I realized I never actually told you what it means. I just said, I just keep saying the word, but msakhan means heated, which refers back to the farmers heating the oil to cook the chicken, to cook the onion and see if the color would change. That's why it's called msakhan. The other dish is matlube, and that one means uh, flipped upside down. <laughs> and how it's cooked is in a big pot with chicken layered at the bottom, obviously like covered in spices and, and oils and all kinds of delicious stuff. And then um, lots of rice and flip, like once it's cooked and so, like it takes, I don't know, a, a couple of hours maybe to cook. I've never personally cooked it, but my mom has, I need to ask her to try and make it next. Um, and when it's ready, the best part about the food is the flip because you actually have the pot and the food is in it. And then when it's ready, you put like a tray, circular tray on top, you flip it, lift the pot, or first you like tap on the pot yeah. to make yeah. sure all the stuff fell off, pull up the pot, and then you just see one giant like mountain of rice with yes. chicken, with toasted nuts on top and it's packed also the rice is packed with different variations of different countries because it's also known across other countries as well um would make it with eggplants uh, like in addition to the meat or, or they might add cauliflower it's just got lots of story and lots of flavor to it yeah. and it's also one of those dishes that's often made during celebrations um on Eid or um gatherings just even like weddings um okay. any kind of uh celebratory uh event is also as much as i love eating food and trying out different flavors it's mostly what makes <laughs> of course who doesn't right <laughs> but it's mostly what made the meal or the dish to sit in front of me that makes me appreciate it most and that goes from when the recipe was created, if I know, or how it was brought on to me or to my mom, how she cooked it, how, how it was messed up by me the first time, all that kind of stuff. But also having that meal and connecting with people to sit around a big giant dish that people scoop out of into their own plates is a tradition and a cultural um, experience that I, you know, um, cherish because it's, it, just brings me back to, I mean, not just brings me back, but keeps me connected um, to, to me and to our culture. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Um, thank you for sharing that. I'm always intrigued by other cultures and their festivals and food. So if we come back to Canada, a Canadian staple, Tim Hortons, I'm sure when you first moved across here, you spent time at Tim Hortons. Thing I had, yes. Yeah. And I remember I had a I had a chicken noodle soup, uh, French vanilla first, but chicken noodle soup, and then a turkey sandwich. I don't know. Tim Hortons has its thing, and uh, French sense. vanilla, yeah. yeah. And French yeah. vanilla was, you know, has a special place in my heart. <laughs> yeah, and I know I've seen a recipe that you share with something similar to Tim Hortons Timbits. What is in them? So the I call them Timbits and. 
like quotes because yeah, I didn't quotes. I don't want people to think no, that they are exactly they Timbits, Timbits, but yeah, it's kind of it looks like it looks like a Timbit, but it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like little cake bites that yeah. um yeah that that are yeah. So they at the time when I made it, I wanted to. It was I think it was October. Yeah, it was pumpkin season around pumpkin season, and I wanted pumpkin and apple together. I had a lot of, I had a couple of recipes that I made with pumpkin and apple. And one of them was a smoothie. And I don't remember if it was before or after this, but I kind of liked the idea of a dessert or something sweet that had those two combinations. It was just, I don't know. It was just the right time and the right two ingredients. So I figured, oh, and I have to say one more thing because Timbits has such a great, you know, such a special place in my heart. There are times where I were tempted to stop by Tim Hortons and get Timbits or that French vanilla because <laughs> it's just, you know, a- and that was at the time when like it was like going through and um, cutting out dairy, cutting out those things, but I hadn't gotten fully there yet. So there were times where throughout this journey, I would stop by and get Timbits, get French vanilla and so on. But at that point I had wanted to make it another kind of challenge to me to be like, okay, so if I keep saying to myself, oh, this is like, okay, I'm still working on like removing dairy and Timbits is right here. Let me just grab these Timbits. Mm. It's going to take me longer to cut that dairy or that French vanilla, like Mm. with the French vanilla. And there would just be no, like, what is the point of me trying to veganize the things that I love if I'm not doing it for, you know, the things that I ate before? So Timbits was one of them. And I I was craving Timbits that day. And I figured, you know what? Pumpkin, apple, it's a season. Uh, Timbits. Let's just try. (laughs) And it turned out really good. When you're preparing your meals, do you enjoy listening to music or maybe Arabic music? Yes. Yes. Um, Arabic music is a big part of me, but not um, not just wanting to sing it, like not the singing part. But actually enjoying the music, not just the lyrics, the music itself. And uh, one of my favorite things to do every morning is to have my cup of coffee and listen to an amazing artist called Feirouz. And it's just the most classical, like like soft, peaceful, perfect coffee music. (laughs) Um, And then with cooking. Send me a link so that I know. Yes, I will. I'd love to. I will for sure. Um, yeah, it's just so peaceful. But also with cooking, I, I like to play. I like to play uh, Feirouz as well as a bunch of other people. Now, I know earlier we spoke about community, but if I say the word community, what does this word mean to you or what comes to mind? A place where I belong, can contribute to, help, feel like I can represent, be part of. Um, something I can learn from, some place I can learn from, and I can, you know, build to grow for future, you know, my kids, my future kids to 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 build and grow and live in as a as a place of love and uh, safe space. But also of belongingness, right? You, um, we tend to, I mean, I personally think that we tend to feel like we want to belong to something, but not wanting to belong necessarily as, as much as it is just actually feeling like you already belong to something with a purpose, with reasons to, to do what you do every day that you wake up in the morning. During COVID, what have you learned about yourself? I... I am usually someone who likes to spend time alone more than my friends, <laughs> let's just say. <laughs> but during this time, I felt like I could use being with people more often. Spending time with myself as much as I needed to or felt like I needed to be with other people helped me self-reflect a lot and look into what I care for what I want to learn more about, what I want to just take from life on a daily basis. Mm. That self-reflection helped me 
set my mind to focus for you know for the for the months that followed mm-hmm. and, and and alongside that was the 30 day challenges to to do things that you know work with that too what advice would you give a younger Wasim and why i want to say don't overthink things seize the moment and not overthink if i felt like something was right or i wanted to do something i had to do it and and if if it turns out to be great then that's great and if it's not then i learned and yeah. that's my my thing that's my my uh, my my main thing forks in the road we have all faced a major decision in our lives if not many that has resulted in us choosing to take either the left or the right or maybe stay on the same path anything you could share of a moment or moments like this in your life where there have been those difficult decisions to make and what were those decisions and how has it affected your life yeah so after graduating with high school there was this career choice right that although i have always liked math and been into accounting and all that stuff i had other interests too and one of them was do i want to lean more into my creative side or stay within my technical skills when i referred to the two options that i had at the time one of them was actually a completely different path completely different education different career different work environment and that was interior designing and architecture that was something that was always dear to me i used to spend hours and nights like literally pulling all nighters on my computer working on creating new designs just for fun i liked mm-hmm. creating you know getting into that but the only thing is that i had to make a choice between do i actually like and want to pursue this because i enjoy it or because there is a purpose behind it as much as it was difficult to let that go in a way it's not completely gone because the creative side is always there with me that was one of the big decisions that i had to make and going for that decision was not um as difficult as it was was not like a life wrecking kind of decision it was not a you know this would be the end of the world if well, i yeah. couldn't if i made the wrong decision because yeah. i believe in everything being set in the right time and you know what's meant to happen will happen and i followed what i wanted to do at that time and it happened the way it did mm-hmm. but i was not good at drawing i i suck at like drawing and painting and all that <laughs> stuff i'm horrible i love it but i'm horrible at it and making that decision back to that to making that decision as difficult as it was it was very clear to me what i wanted in terms of what i wanted to go after and work for or what i you know versus what i like doing on my own time and you know who knows if i had ended up in architecture and interior design i wouldn't be doing things that are actually so close to me on a daily basis like cooking and enjoying my time with friends and family eating the food um yeah that i enjoy so let's get into some fun questions i always like to ask my guests <laughs> a couple of fun questions so what is your favorite scent or smell corn when it's cooked Ooh, like on this trip right <laughs> um, it's just sweet and like steamy and it's funny you're saying that and in my mind as you're saying like favorite smell or whatever to like a couple of things pop but that was just the first thing that came right to my mind and it's a, from a memory from Jordan in those um on the side of the streets you got these people that are walking by with a cart full of corn being cooked and the smell you can smell it from like a street away so wow <laughs> a childhood memory right but everything with you is food though <laughs> <laughs> it so is I'm surprised by that answer <laughs> yeah yeah one of my childhood memories or favorite childhood memories is getting out of my house into the streets with the neighbors kids and playing soccer in the streets or going for a walk to the next you know nearest supermarket to grab some snacks and sit on the on the on the side of the road and eat food chips and dips i remember eating chips and dip <laughs> with so many friends just watching cars go by and it it's just the simplest thing that you don't you know you don't think this is something that you go out of your 
better way to do. But I miss those. I miss just doing my thing when I was just there living my life, uh, for sure. What are you not very good at? Sometimes explaining and like verbal explaining. And that's not because of anything aside from my interpretation of things um, can be hard to portray or to, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a, there are things that you see in your mind when you're speaking to people, right? Like you, you see what you're talking about or, you know, the scene that you're leading up to or whatever. And sometimes it can be difficult for me to explain exactly the feeling that I'm seeing from what I want to say. But you know what? That on, on itself is a great way for me to imply my listening skills. Because when I'm able to listen more and focus on what I'm listening to, then I'm able to actually interpret and explain how I feel, um, taking my time with, with it too. Well, Wasim, we have come to the end, sadly, of this episode. And I just want to say again, thank you very much for being my guest, for all your energy, all the information share about vegan and plant-based eating, um, sharing delicious, easy meals, de meals, and sharing all about your culture. Oh, I appreciate you actually having me here. And it was so much fun talking to you and sharing all these stories with you. It was just wonderful and loved speaking with you and, uh, you know, getting to share more of, of me and myself and my culture to, to you and your listeners. And in the usual knowing me, knowing you fashion, I would like to leave you with these final words that Wasim will share with us. I'd like to share a quote with the listeners by Mahmoud Darwish, a Palestinian activist poet. It's a quote that resonates with me and shapes how I look at things and understand what's around me. I don't decide to represent anything except myself, but that self is full of collective memory. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you. Till next time.